Hello and welcome to another episode of The Code of Career with me, your host Cameron Blackwood. Today's guest is Helen Kent. Helen is my colleague at Purple Bricks. We actually work together on the front end team and she joins us today to share her insights from going from a career in teaching to a career in web development. We discuss the trials and tribulations of having to leave a previous career to start a new one and the mental toll that can take, uh, as well as public policy around education and how we can encourage more kids to take a career in STEM. If you're thinking about switching your career or in your process of doing that, then this could be a great episode for you to check out and to understand more about the process and what we've learned from going through that experience ourselves. It's a great episode if I do say so myself and I hope you enjoy. Today's episode of The Code of Career is brought to you by the Zero to Mastery Academy. Zero to Mastery hosts a number of great courses whether you're trying to get your first job in tech or you're a tech lead trying to level up some of your skills. If you're still learning to code, I really recommend their original Zero to Mastery web developer course. If you've already learned and you're working already, I'm currently undertaking a junior to senior one and it's fantastic. They also as well have a new Next.js course which I'm keen on checking out. It's great value at 23 US dollars a month and you can get 10% off by following my link in the description and using my code FRIENDS10. Anyway, on with the show. Hi Helen, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. So for listeners who may not be familiar uh, with yourself, do you want to give a bit of a brief introduction to who you are? And uh, obviously we work together at Purple Bricks, but a bit about that as well. Yeah, another Purple Bricks person. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm Helen. Um, I've worked at Purple Bricks for just over a year now. Um, before that, I, well, before that, before that, I was um, a primary school teacher for um, just about 10 years. Uh, but then that's, I really enjoyed that for quite a long time, but then it just started not being an enjoyable role anymore and like there was just no life and I just started kind of trying to think of different things I could do like a career change and I'd always been quite techie um, and I started looking for boot camps and looking at code academy and things like that then I found the school of code boot camp which was brilliant and it, um, it's a it's a boot camp that has originally started in Birmingham but is, is just about to go national um, in quite a few different counties um, but it's a free boot camp and it's 16 weeks full stack um, JavaScript to React. Um, so I discovered that and was immediately sort of super really excited. Um, so I applied for that. I did that boot camp started in January 2020. So we had two months of it being in Digbeth in the Custer factory, which is really cool um, altogether. And then COVID hit. So we had to go remote halfway through it. Um, which was a bit of a pain in the bum, but it was actually pretty good for us because we got a chance to have a go at working remote. Um, so I think that's had a really good impact on what well, I said. It's, it's had a really good, like, it's been really quite beneficial because I had a chance to try working remote and discovered I actually liked it, whereas I, I didn't think I ever would. Um, so I, during that time, we kind of finished the boot camp. I had a job at a place called CyberAl for about three months I think um but that was uh, like a QA role QA and DevOps um it didn't suit me I'm not a QA person um and then the uh job at Purple Bricks came up and I'd met the head of engineering Tom at um Brum.js a fair few months before and um, we just hit it off and had a really good chat um like networking is just the way to go and uh, I chatted to him quite a few different times and um, he told me about the role so I applied and I've been here since then and just really enjoyed it so I'm still a junior but coming towards the end of like my junior time ish. 
Fantastic. That sounds great. And uh, definitely echo that sentiment on uh, networking. It's the most mm. powerful tool uh, in a developer's uh, toolbox. And uh, whenever I say that, people think I'm talking about like lit- literal networking in terms of like, how computers network. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, mean, I don't know that. <laughs> uh, personal networking. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. We're, we're more front end developers, us. But yeah, um, yeah so ju- just so the uh, listeners um, can get to know you a little bit more as well, what I like to do is run through some quick fire questions. Um, these are often uh, ones that I've gone through before with other guests, so we can always compare and contrast, which is always quite a fun little exercise. Um, so the first one of those uh, is the classic. What was your first computer? Uh, well, I kind of would consider, like, there's two of them. I remember when my dad first came home with these giant boxes. I've got no idea when it was, and that was, like, the first computer that, our, like, we had in the house. Um, and I remember, like, when we eventually got internet and, like, the ding, 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 ding all like, like, the internet, <laughs> like, noises. But um, my first actual, like, personal one was this um, Advent laptop, and it was... I don't know, like maybe three to maybe four centimeters thick and so heavy. And um, I, I absolutely loved it. Took it to university. Um, like it really wasn't the most portable thing. It was so heavy. It <laughs> fell down the stairs once, didn't break. Um, I think I dropped a table on it, didn't break. Um, that, like that got me through uni and I absolutely loved that one. So yeah, my old chunky advent laptop. They don't make them like they used to. Uh, I, I remember those those days in the mid two thousands, just trying to carry around a laptop and uh, basically having to be an Olympic weightlifter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they yeah they were durable. It's like like the old phones as well. Like I I'm terrified of um, dropping my uh, MacBook because I'm it's just so thin. I'm just scared um, of damaging it. But uh, yeah, yeah I. <laughs> yeah, the only the only uh, the only ones that have stayed like that are like. Um, uh think pads and that kind of thing uh they're, they're still really thick but um yeah i guess portability is important as well though uh not so much over the past 18 months but hopefully we'll be able to take our laptops aesthetics. out and about more like it was ugly yeah it, 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 it doesn't have the macbook shine that's yeah um and in terms of uh i mean obviously we've talked a little bit about Birmingham already in the custard factory um what's your favorite tech city i probably should say birmingham because of like you know from JS and all that lot but I'm just not um I went on um, a road trip to California with my partner in 2019 and um we were in San Francisco for a little while and we were going to see the 49ers play which is like mm. a fair trip away from actual San Francisco like city and um so while we were there we also like did the pilgrimage to like Google <laughs> Facebook Apple I stood by the Facebook sign and it's actually like the Sun Microsystem sign behind it that they've just turned around and reused and um I just really like how exciting that felt so I'm going to say that and we went to the um have you seen that the Apple um like the headquarters the new big oh the giant circle the infinity loop or whatever it is and there's like Uh, a guest there's a guest place you can go to and they like give you I there's like a a model of it they give you ipads and you can uh, like hold it up and then see how like what it's like on the inside it's very mm. exciting very sleek that is cool yeah i'd love to get out to silicon valley i've um mm. i think I, I think i went to the west coast states once but i was so small i'd never remember it but yeah. uh yeah I'd, l- I'd love to get out there and sort of check out the scene because obviously it's where it's where everything starts and exactly. uh 
Yeah, I love the UK tech scene, uh, especially up here in Scotland. But, um, you know, our Silicon Glen is great, but I'd love the Silicon <laughs> Valley. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, went to the, we went to Google as well, and you can, like, walk around, and they've got this little garden, and I ate a little tomato out the Google garden, the Google veg garden. <laughs> I was going to say, if you still got it, but I guess it's a, <laughs> I was going to say it's a vegetable. But actually, no, it's a fruit, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, uh, that that it's weird. Those giant um, headquarters where it's just like a like a university campus. Uh, yeah. We don't really have those in the UK, I, at least not to my knowledge. Um, yeah. Many of those. We should. Yeah, I, personally, I like working from home, but it'd be good to have a big campus with loads of stuff for free every now and again. Yeah. That I could swan over to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I'd be up for that. <laughs> and uh, what what about when you're um, getting down to some code? What kind of music do you like to listen to? Um, some like sometimes I'm a bit weird and just forget to put any on. Um, wow, silence when coding. Yeah, like it <laughs> takes. I need to like. I need no distractions. But then other times, um, I try and listen to things with words, but then I get distracted. So, um, I'm a big S Club Seven fan. Uh, <laughs> listened to a bit of that recently, but it, it has to be something like without words. I usually type in like concentration music, or I've got a lo-fi um, playlist that I listen to. That like is a fail-safe. Go back to that quite a lot. Nice, yeah. Lo- lo-fi is always a good one for listening. I I, I find I'm, I'm the same. It has to be something without too many lyrics. I've tried the whole podcasting, but then you either end up drifting into the podcast or you're drifting into the code and you don't yeah. hear the podcast. And yeah, so. Um, yeah, a lot of the time it, it's just, yeah, just has to be lo-fi. I, I, I agree. And uh, when when do you find you do the work? Would you say you're an early bird or a night owl? I am absolutely categorically not an early bird. <laughs> never have been, never will. I'd love to be, just never will be. Uh, I'm a night person. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I just, I can't, I'm getting better. And weirdly working from home has actually helped with that because I get a clear bit of time before um sort of doing it um doing anything but yeah uh, I, as much as i would love to be sort of 5 a.m club i don't think it's in me nope <laughs> either <laughs> and uh obviously we talked about your you're a fellow career changer i, I changed my careers mm-hmm. as well to uh to being a software engineer um back in the, uh back when you were a kid though what what was your dream job what did you want to be um the only thing i remember ever wanting to do was own a sweet shop <laughs> I love so, that that's great like uh just like a high street one or, or like full-on Willy Wonka chocolate factory no just like my, just probably my own one so that I could eat the sweets I remember um <laughs> like trying to make chocolate covered raisins that, that's all I did just made those thought that could be like the big seller in front of my sweet shop so yeah it wasn't successful unfortunately but I'm quite happy where I am now <laughs> Very nice. That's definitely one of the cooler uh, jobs. Someone <laughs> someone said. Um, I think I'll be I'll be happy in, in a uh, in a sweet shop, but I think I'd end yeah. up with diabetes. I have yeah. no self control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good job. I'm not a sweet shop owner. <laughs> in, in terms of uh, so, in terms of getting in into tech, uh, you mentioned always being interested in computers, but going into teaching. Mm-hmm. How, how did you find yourself on? I, I guess it's a kind of longer answer to the question but how did you end up on the path where, where you are today now becoming a software engineer I hope you don't mind as well but I stalked your LinkedIn I saw you have a bit of a background in computing before even becoming a teacher as well yeah uh, exactly from my degree yeah from your degree yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably probably um good to like talk about that part because um I went to Loughborough University and did computing and management because that's what I always wanted to do I like I did um click IT as it was then or ICT at GCSE and A-level 
um, computers were always completely my thing. That's just what I loved. Um, and then thought like I would have a job doing that. But then when I was at uni, it was like 2002, 2006. Um, I just, the course just, I don't think I was, either I wasn't well suited to it or it was rubbish. But um, like all the coding parts of it were just kind of, you you had like a lecture, they were up at the front t- telling you about code. No one took their mm. laptops in. Um, so a few of them, um, it was hard to understand. So we were, I was like trying to decipher what they were saying at the same time as like learning what Java was. And I, I think just, yeah, it was so difficult. I just think I completely switched off. Um, and it just like, just didn't feel accessible and I, I didn't feel like I could do it. So mm. then just kind of started thinking like, well, I'm clearly no good. I clearly can't do any of this. It's just not right for me. What can I do instead? Um, and then did a PGCE. Um, I, had, I had a year out as well. I had a year out at Hewlett Packard is in like the events team. Um, okay. And just didn't really enjoy that either. Um, so then just started thinking about teaching and did my PGCE. And like it, that was really well suited to me for quite a long time because like, it, it, it was meaningful and it was fun and you're also kind of teaching along with all your friends as well so like it was it was brilliant for a long time and then things just started to change and it got to the point where you could either be a really great teacher and be really rubbish at life like have no personal life mm. or you could have a really good personal life look after your like family see your friends but you'd actually be a really rubbish teacher because you can't do both and um I just started kind of going back to like I should have should have like learnt to code and all that kind of stuff and by that point which was I suppose when I started thinking about it more was where are we now like maybe three four years ago there was more popping up on the internet like we've got code academy free code camp and it was it was more accessible and also you like you could see more women doing it I think the more you see mm. the more you kind of think that's actually for you um so like back at uni I was one of really not many people on my not many women on my course um and so like seeing all that on the internet having more opportunities to learn seeing that it was possible and then seeing that there was a boot camp that like I could save up a bit of money quit my job do that for four months like that just it was too good an opportunity not to go for so I went for it and I felt quite brave to do that I was really pleased I did um it's worked out so well it's such a scary moment. I, I remember, I, I, I imagine you're probably the same that day when you hand in your notice and you know you're not going <laughs> to another job. You okay. know you're going to a, um, I, I'd already kind of half learnt to code. I was in a weird point where I'd had an internship, but it wasn't quite enough. And mm. uh, so I went to an eight week kind of React specific course camp thing. And yeah, it was scary going into that and thinking, right, I'm going to give up my salary for a while. And I don't know how long for. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was just so exciting. And I think the fact with School of Code is as well, because you're not paying them, they're getting their money from when you get a job. So they mm. have to help you get a job. So they get their money. It just kind of was a bit more fail safe. And also I could always go back to teaching like supply if I had to. So there was that like safety net as well. Mm. it's a very interesting model that school of code operate um mm. so so they they if i have it right they charge companies basically based on hiring uh yeah. their alumni or yeah they have uh, i think they have people people help you find a job through that and they also have sponsorship so companies have sponsored them um the west midlands combined authority um gave them a bit of money for 
don't know how many thousands it was for a, f- a few boot camps, but they've I think they've got money from the government for like skills, mm. something to do with skills. But um, yeah, they're going more like further across the country now, which is brilliant. Yeah, I, I like that because you, you hear of people paying like I've heard in London, um, the more expensive boot camps are getting over 10K now, which is a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot of money. And especially, um, I mean, I don't live down there anymore, obviously, but um, when I was living down there, like rent is a lot, uh, especially like, I mean, you're looking at paying for um, for, for a two bed, like 1400 a month. Um, and that's not even in like an I don't want to say where I live wasn't a nice part of town, but <laughs> I lived in I lived in Lewisham, and I think you know mm. people that know London will know it's not the nicest place in the world, but it's not the worst. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's a lot of money when you're you're having to pay pay for that and then potentially pay course course fees of that amount. It, it's it's crazy. And so that, not earn. Yeah, exactly. Not earn as well, and and the fact that. Um, the boot camp has got the money from you. Like that's fine. I mean, mine was great, so it was all right, and I didn't have to pay anything near that. But um, you know, the boot camp's got the money from you. It doesn't matter to them. Whereas yeah, exactly. the way School of Code operates sounds awesome because it's a partnership, and they win when you win. So that's great. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. I saw actually. Um, I was probably. I was going to ask you about this later, but it's come up now anyway. Uh, I saw you share something on LinkedIn uh, um, about it. With uh, they're opening up something for mentorships at the moment, right? Yeah, so when you go to when you are a student of uh, School of Code, each um, student is paired with a mentor who is someone who works in tech, so in the industry. Um, my mentor was great. He um, works at Bravissimo, and that just kind of, I think they're reaching out to people's networks to try and get enough for this next batch of students because they're going to have a, I think it's about 190 across the country. Um, so they're looking for 190 people who work in tech to be mentors. So I know a few um, people at Purple Bricks have signed up and a few other people that I recognise like from the local like Birmingham tech scene. So if, so if anyone's out there who fancies mentoring and helping other people look up School of Code and say, tell them you'll be a mentor because they'll really appreciate it. And it's just really good to do. Cool. Links will be in the description for that. And uh, I know over 60% of the listeners from here uh, are from the UK. So there are no excuses. I expect some yeah, sign-ups by the career. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, in terms of doing doing your learning, how did you go about it? Obviously, there there was the course, but you mentioned some online resources as well. Did, did you have like a kickstart before, before the course started? Yeah. And um- I'd already kind of started learning HTML and CSS because I was teaching that to the year sixes and year fives at school. Mm. Um, and I kind of wanted to learn a bit more about that. So when they had their questions, I could try and understand, like, sound yeah. like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I started getting back into it, really, because I was enjoying learning that and thinking, like, I just want to do this. Um, so I then learned about the uh, School of Code and just kind of absolutely ramped up learning as much as I could so I completed the Code Academy HTML and CSS courses started on the JavaScript one um, because I just wanted to kind of try and get a bit of a head start because I knew at some point it was really going to ramp up um, and get quite difficult but I was really glad I had those. Um, I also went to a Code Bar meetup in Birmingham I think Code Bars across the country but um, you just kind of take your laptop um, tell them what you'd like to learn and then they pair you up with someone who um, is a bit more experienced who can help you and answer any questions and the first one I went to was brilliant because it was like an introduction to git and uh, they were doing Hacktoberfest and they like showed us 
I had had no experience of it before they showed us like how to make a change commit and push it up so that was really useful that um that that, that sounds good and I'd, I'd definitely agree that you know if you're thinking about getting into a boot camp it's definitely a good idea to teach yourself a bit of stuff um to get a head start and uh get in particular that is a uh interesting one to bring up because i actually think my the biggest thing i regret before getting a job was not learning git absolutely inside out um i was so scared of it i don't know why i had this weird idea in my head that i could like delete the whole of github or something if i had to <laughs> the, wrong, the wrong command and like that would be impressive <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it, it's uh definitely don't, don't be afraid to learn git um there's a good course on code academy but i think one of the best ways to learn git is just working with someone that, like like you say like get yourself down to your local meetup and talk to an experienced dev because it's one of those things it's like gets like riding a bike once you get it like it, it stays mm. with you so it just takes a bit of learning and it's helpful to have someone um teach you basically just not to be totally intimidated by it uh <laughs> like uh, maybe i'm weird about git but nothing scared me anything else like a, even when i started working honestly like um git merges and rebases scared me for oh, so long so i thought it was going to still scare prod. me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean no they don't i love it i'm so confident <laughs> Yeah. Any anyone listening uh, out in our management <laughs> publics, we're, we're experts and we're, yeah. we're always confident in in everything, and uh, our code is always the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, w- would you say you would do anything differently in terms of the path you took to learn to code, or, or would you say um, there's anything in particular that you would emphasise to um, to other people that are keen on learning? Other than wishing I'd done it earlier, but then also I don't because. I had a I I loved teaching and have got like I've made lifelong friends from having that job so I wouldn't change that but it would have been great to have done it earlier and kind of be a bit further along now but um equally if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have like School of Code was on I I was on the third cohort so that might not have been around I could have wasted a lot of money on a boot camp so I really don't think I would like the boot camp came at like a time when I really needed it so I just was so thankful for it then. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it, it's always a good idea not to regret anything about about um, learning to code in the past yeah. we take. Like, I, I, I re- sometimes I like regret getting into recruitment for a few years, but it taught me a lot, mainly that I don't like being shouted at and having to make 100 phone calls a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it also introduced, because it was technical re- recruitment, it introduced me to code as an option, uh, really. Yeah. I, I, I was quite... I'd considered it as a, uh, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I was friendly with computer science people in uni and like, um, I'd considered it, but I always thought it wasn't for me. Um, even though I wasn't, wasn't, I was never bad at maths or anything like that. I just thought it was like super complicated. And actually it's mm. one of those things. It's really not that hard. Um, what, what, once you get the hang of it a little bit, uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's just code. That's what I <laughs> like to tell myself. It's just code. Uh, it's easy to write <laughs> yeah. code. Figuring out the code to write is the hard of is the harder bit. Yeah, I think I think it's important to say like it's not always easy. Sometimes I I remember some points on the boot camp just sitting staring at it, thinking I have got absolutely no idea what to do here. Mm. But then someone like gives you a friendly little push in the right direction, and then it just clicks. So like it is accessible, and I, I always just I just remember thinking. I'd love to go and do that and I'd love to get to that point where I could get a job but that seems like such a million miles away but it's actually really not and it's so doable mm. um so I think that's, that's a really useful thing for people to know yeah absolutely like um 
Yeah, I I, I agree, and I think uh, yeah, I, it, it's not easy easy uh, at all. I don't. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I think I might have framed it a bit like that. <laughs> There's definitely times where yeah, I, I'm the same. Like particularly stuff like learning Git, uh, learning hooks. Um, it, it, what weirdly took me ages was understanding JSX and React. I knew vanilla mm. JavaScript like inside out at a junior level, obviously. Um, couldn't get React for weeks just didn't understand it and it's really not a complex thing concept for me now but I just didn't get it at all and I I felt so stupid and then you know it just clicks but exactly like you say you get a nudge in the right direction and um, make sure that if you're learning right now make sure you try and learn with someone there's lots of ways you can do it there's great communities on Twitter Um, you can find discord communities subreddits if you can't find someone in person, but if you can do it in person, like get down to your local code bar or uh, JavaScript yeah, meetup. Or, yeah, it's. Uh, I've heard. Uh, I think code bar is international as well, actually, because Liska, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, she was saying that uh, she learned a lot in uh, in in from now on because uh, she's out in Berlin, uh, yeah, and cool. she said it's really good out there. So um, there's great the community for tech and particularly JavaScript uh, is mm. so good all over the world. So. Um, definitely don't be afraid to get yourself down to your local yeah. meetup. That's Very a regret nice. I have, actually. I didn't get stuck into meetups early on because I thought it would be seen as like the noob um, and everyone would <laughs> laugh at me. <laughs> oh. Shame you're not local. We could have all, all gone to Brum.js. Yeah, I'll get myself down to Birmingham at some point and uh, mm. get get down to Brum.js. Um, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard good things, so uh, I'll be keen to, uh, keen to check it out and need to need to, need to make a return to Britain's Venice, uh, as they yes, call it. exactly. Silicon Canal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be good. Um, yeah, it might be a bit, might be a fraction warmer than it is here today as well. It's absolutely freezing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, for how, how would you advise, and I think you'll have quite a unique perspective on this, um, being an educator in, in the past as well. If um, people are maybe getting to point where they're leaving school or even uh, leaving university um, and they're keen to get into tech, what would you say to them uh, in terms of like, what the best path is to take at the moment? Um, I think I remember listening to um, to you and Dan talk about this and um, I I really would not advise university if you wanted to kind of get into code because mm. like you said before like it's just going to be stale so quickly um, and you could spend three years and uh, so much money learning how to do it or you could do it in like I don't know 16 weeks and not spend any money yeah. um obviously there are other like great points about university like uh, I didn't particularly use my degree I don't think but I had the best time ever and I've got like my best friends that I've had for 20 years or so like got them from that so I wouldn't change that time but I wouldn't recommend uni for this job now I'd kind of go boot camp or even self-learning I think boot camp's great if you can find a good one or if you can get onto school of code because they offer you the chance to like work in groups and do project work and have like the, the networking from that is brilliant I just think like uni hasn't is losing its place for this kind of role mm. Yeah, the education, uh, the like higher education system needs to adapt a little bit. I think we're entering a weird point where, certainly in the UK, and the I think eighty five percent of the listeners total are UK and US, and the problem's worse in the states because they don't have a government run student loan service. Um, as far as I'm aware, I think it's 
it's a lot of it's private and their fees are even higher, particularly yeah. for their like out of state university. I'm not sure exactly what the details are, um, but they have it even worse than us. And I just think I was part of the nine, the nine grand fee generation here. Um, so I had to pay 27 K. Um, annoyingly, it was born one year too late for, for oh. the cheaper one. So that stings. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's difficult because it's a lot of money and you have to pay 9% of your income over a certain threshold uh, mm. back. And I think it's definitely worth considering. Uh, it's hard to say from uh, from my side, like whether someone should go to uni or not. I think you can self-teach a lot, but yeah. yeah. It's just down to the person, isn't it? What you want, mm. like if you're not desperate to get into a job and start le- like learning and earning straight away, go to uni because you'll have a brilliant time and you probably get like more in depth. You'll get computer science and all that kind of stuff. But if like you just literally want to be able to get a job for it in the, at the end of the day, there's better ways to do it. Apprenticeships are a good route as well, and it's it's good to see mm. that they seem to be being promoted a bit more. Um, there's another another callback to earlier in the uh, the uh, backlog of Code of Career, but uh, if you're curious about apprenticeships, the episode with Ethan Sumner, uh, he did a DevOps in. Um, uh, forgotten the word apprenticeship he did a devops apprenticeship and um it's quite weird speaking to someone who i believe was born in the 2000s made me feel very old um and uh yeah <laughs> he um yeah. he was saying about how the government policy has changed and he gives some good advice on how you know you're selecting a good apprenticeship uh or not so definitely worth listening to that if you're if you're thinking about it um as well and would would you say um professionally what what do you think is the best way for someone to get that first job um in 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 tech i would go 100 percent networking mm. i think like you can you can always apply for jobs can't you and like just apply 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 but if someone can meet you and get a good idea of the kind of person you are and like you and kind of think i keep my eye out for that person because like we get on and I feel like they really fit into the team. They're going to, it's going to help you, isn't it? That's how, like, that's how Purple Bricks worked for me. And I think if you can do that either in person in meetups or on LinkedIn, um, I just think that's the absolute best way to do it. And I, I know it sounds scary, but it is just kind of like sending a message or just going up to a random person at a meetup and chatting. And it's, it doesn't always have to be for getting a job. Like I didn't talk to Tom because I thought he would get me a job. He just, <laughs> looked like a nice friendly person yeah it just ended up working out that way um that's why i'd suggest mm. it's tough to take that plunge at beat up just go and mm. talk to some random people um it's good to th- like uh think of an icebreaker and like asking where the pizza is was my classic uh <laughs> <laughs> um that's the other bonus that we didn't mention about about meetups is there is generally a kind sponsor who is laying on a lot of pizza and uh i think and particularly when i was back down in london yeah and drinks as well I was able to sample basically every major pizza place. Um, I think Pizza <laughs> Pilgrim is probably my favorite one. Massive slices. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so it's quite um, it's quite a good way to get free dinner as well, which is always handy. But yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard to go up and, and speak to that person. But I think weirdly, like you you got to get in your head, like what's the worst thing that can happen? They, they say like, go away, like, so what? Like that's also not going to happen anyway because they're at a meetup. They're there to be spoken to. Um, so it's definitely worth doing. And LinkedIn is is even easier because someone, you don't even know if someone's rejected the invitation um, and people are always happy. And as I always say on here, just drop me a, drop me a message on LinkedIn if you have any questions because um, my profile's in the description. I'm always open for a, for a chat if people want advice and, You'll find in in this industry, um, for uh, I think we can both 
um, attest to this, that uh, devs are such friendly people and always trying to help each other out. And um, we're probably at the point now where we're both trying to return the favor to people that are trying to get into the industry. Yeah. I think as well on LinkedIn, if you just send someone a message and like you seem genuinely interested in something that they've got to say, that really helps. So if you kind of like know the company they're at or you like you know you've looked at their company page and you've got a question, if you just say like I saw this and it looks really good, but I've got a question, like why wouldn't they answer? Yeah, exactly. It's just flattering. Like yeah. uh, you, you'd be so happy if someone messaged if someone if someone messaged me uh, saying like Oh, I love what you're doing with the code of career, blah 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 blah. Then um, I'd I'd be really happy with it, and I'd be absolutely yeah. happy to reply. So there's no reason why people would be. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I don't think I don't think that many people listen, but uh, <laughs> um, that that I hopefully it is. Um, but but yeah, definitely don't be afraid. To, it, it is scary to uh, make the leap to uh, sort of cold cool almost but you mm. got to put your sales hat on a little bit and sell yourself uh and it's tricky you don't don't have to go full jordan belfort but uh it doesn't help to uh you know try, try your best to put yourself there. out there yeah put yourself out there exactly nice. and i guess we we the subject of education has come up a few times um and we talked about higher education a bit but bringing it back to school and um primary schools as well in particular i'm curious to get your opinion on this what what do you think the authorities and the government, um, not just in the UK, but generally, uh, can can do um, to develop an interest in STEM and tech careers for uh, for, for kids? Um, I just think there's so much. Like Things have started being put into place, like um, girls and boys are, are all kind of encouraged and you have these like science weeks and, um, I don't know, go on trips that involve STEM and things like that. Um, and in in 2014 the national curriculum changed and the computing curriculum was changed to include um like actual coding and computational thinking um and that was a really good step in the right direction because before like it was just like learn word learn excel yeah learn powerpoint um and now it includes a lot of um kind of like more cody type activities and as a great program called scratch that a lot is done on um i think though that that can get um a bit relied on and it's not so much at that age especially now that i've left and can see how those skills are used but it, it really is the computational thinking that needs to be used and um from my experience it's not taught probably that well or that often and in the right sort of way so I don't know I think getting specialist teachers in because teachers have so like so much they've got to be experts in every different subject it's just not realistic that every teacher is going to be able to teach computational thinking in that way and I know that's like wishful thinking you can get a, a specialist teacher in to teach every child computational thinking in the country but uh, ideally that would happen because then like you'd be able to handle handle things so much better and like yeah the the curriculum just needs to really be improved and teachers need helpful suggestions on what to teach yeah absolutely it must be hard to have to kind of teach every single subject and then suddenly the computational stuff comes in and maybe you know um particularly if uh, like my mum was a uh, primary school teacher until two years ago and she she had to teach kids scratch in the last couple of years but I imagine um it's hard to have to learn that and then and then teach it, it, it it's it, it's tricky 
Mm. Um, and I think obviously it's great if, if people learn that, but I agree with you, specialist teachers should come in. I mean, we, we had a specialist music teacher uh, in primary school, I think. So I don't see why we couldn't have had, um, I mean, this would have been the early 2000s, but we, you know, having a specialist um, uh, tech teacher uh, come in, because yeah. obviously it's not just software, um, getting kids interested in hardware and robotics and that kind of thing is yeah. um, a great route as well. Yeah, I think possibly ideally in primary school, it would happen more like secondary school where you do have specialist teachers like you have mm. a, the ICT teacher in primary school but then you don't have that one person that they're always with and that's important for primary schools as well so there's I don't know there's so much to it and budgets yeah <laughs> yeah the big the big question mm. that, that that's obviously the the huge issue as well and I think um I think there's been steps in the right direction but I think without getting political I think the one of the best things uh public policy wise it could be done particularly in the uk is investing um in stem because the thing is we have the vacancies we have the industry but we need to make sure that kids are learning the skills that are actually going to be able to use and i'm not one of those people that, that says oh we should get rid of this subject and that subject because you're never going to use it in the real world um i don't think that's the case but i think teaching if you could introduce some and maybe I'm, maybe they've changed it now but if you could introduce some like basic programming into GCC uh, maths or something um, could be a good move but I'm kind of spitballing there <laughs> I haven't <laughs> stepped foot in a school in like 10 years so uh, I wouldn't, you I go wouldn't and tell really him what know. to do yeah <laughs> but um, yeah it's yeah it, I guess it all comes down to funding uh, doesn't yeah. it I guess you're, you're pretty powerless without the uh, uh, funding and yeah the, be- the best thing to do is fund get kids into STEM because it'll pay dividends um, mm. down, down the line um, but no one, no one wants to be the one to spend the money uh, because the money won't be generated for 20 years and then you're out of government. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, it's, a tech, it's a tech podcast, not a politics podcast. <laughs> and I bet that, that could go on for about three hours. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, in, in, terms of, um, in terms of your career uh, in particular in tech, if you could change anything about what you'd, um, what you'd learn and um, maybe also as well, kind of a double-headed question, what you'd want to what you're keen to learn in the future what what would you say that is that's not the best phrase question <laughs> <laughs> yeah um ooh. I think um I don't think I'd change anything um about it like I said before um it'd be nice to pick things up faster and you know when you like learn something and then you have to come you you face that problem again I don't know two or three months down the line and you think I had that thing once it'd be great to just remember it wouldn't it um yeah pick things up remember more but um I think in the future um I kind of just want to like polish polish my abilities I think more um work more independently not having to reach out to people as much um I'd really like to uh pick up GraphQL at some point soon because I feel like that's um that is getting more widely used. I know like we've started using it at Purple Bricks, not in my team, but um, at some point that would be cool. Um, and I, I remember in School of Code, I really enjoyed the back end part of things too. But then mm. I feel like there's so much to learn on the front end. How would you manage to <laughs> to nail all that? It's such and a rabbit hole. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I can't like being a fool for uh, being a legit full stack developer i can't imagine how difficult that is no. uh yeah. to what what back start about what backend stuff were you using um we did uh, express servers node 
um, Postgres databases. I really enjoyed it. Um, like mm. our main project was this like month long project, and I I pretty much did the whole back end for that. Um, and really liked it. I wouldn't want to go complete back end. Like I enjoy the front end as well, but um, I want to kind of start a little personal project and have a little go with AWS Amplify. But I'm just slightly scared to get started. <laughs> it's quite it's quite easy to use Amplify. Uh, it's it? funny you say that because I I'm working uh, on it's become a massive running joke on on this podcast now. But I'm working on the podcast website, but mm. it's it's changed scope a little bit. More will be more will be revealed. Uh, but <laughs> the project has massively like probably 10 X in size. Oh, really? And as a result, I'm needing to use some uh, other stuff. And uh, I've been sort of setting up experimenting with Amplify and it's pretty mm. user friendly and you're able to get some pretty cool stuff going right out of the box. So I definitely recommend it. And AWS is quite, it's got quite a generous free tier system, um, which mm. is always handy because you don't want to accidentally run up a bill. Um, <laughs> no. I definitely remember to set the billing alarms. Uh, if any listeners are uh, are trying out AWS, you can set a billing alarm, and it's the first thing you should do. Uh, I'm going to come knocking on your door then when I get um, get stuck with it. Thanks. Yeah, no, no, feel, feel free, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's AWS amplifies um, a great one to get stuck into. It plugs in nicely. Um, yeah, just as I nice. said, the, the billing alarm is a big one. I went, uh, I got on a flight and forgot about it, and left left something running. And it wasn't too bad. It was like 25 quid, but I was pretty annoyed uh, with myself. <laughs> cool. So that that all sounds uh, sounds really great. And I think people will have gathered a lot from from your episode. So um, that sounds uh, that sounds awesome. What, I mean, you've talked a little bit about um, a side project. I don't know how much that's under wraps at the moment. Uh, under wraps. What, what are you working on at the moment? Anything to promote? <laughs> no, nothing particularly. That, that side project is literally just kind of for fun and... Um just making something i can tell you what it is if you're interested it's just yeah definitely definitely um my partner laura plays uh red dead redemption and um oh, she, nice. uh, she uh she like likes to keep track of her side missions and things so she'll be like logging how many of the animal hides she's collected and things like that and mm. whenever she plays it she she like writes on a notepad and then uh, puts the pen down and draws all over the settee um <laughs> So my plan is to make something where it's like an app. She can leave it on. She can like tally up everything on there. And then our sofa will be pen mark free. Oh, fantastic. That's Ooh, a, uh, that is a real way of using, using tech to combat a real world problem. Uh, is it a the real box? world problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning on making it um, like, web, uh, like basically cross platform? So uh, like mobile and web or, or what, what's the stack? Just web app, I think. Hmm. Yeah. And and would would that be uh, React like we use at, at PB or? I'd like Next.js, I think. Just um, uh, nice. Yeah, I've been trying to do a couple of personal yeah. projects with that, and it's um, yeah, Next is like it's suspiciously easy to use yeah, out of the box. I is really how like I describe it. it. <laughs> I prefer it to just normal React. Yeah, uh, I do as well. I I don't know if it's my imagination, but I think it's much faster. Yeah, I don't know. I just love the pages. Yeah, and there's just generally less, yeah, less boilerplate and that sort of thing. It just, uh, yeah, it just, it just works, uh, which is, which is always good. Um, And uh, as well, have you got any, um, I guess the big one to shout out for you would be uh, School of Code, Um, I guess, uh, uh, looking for mentors, but is a new cohort coming as well? Yeah, there's a new cohort starting, I think on the 15th of November. So they're like all the students know they are um 
our student there um but they're still looking for like I think maybe the last handful of mentors so I suppose anyone who listens who would like to mentor um I don't know what the restrictions are with where you need to be but um preferably someone who is like in the industry who is able to help I think it's something like if you can give up half an hour a week um it's on the student to like contact you and say what what help or assistance they'd need but um if anyone would like to sign up, they'd be very grateful. Brilliant. That sounds uh, sounds good. And that's um, that's in Birmingham. I, I was reading before we came on. It's like Birmingham, Manchester, and a, and London as well. Yeah, I think I it's think. like Birmingham, Manchester, London. Oh, this could be wrong. And like possibly like northeast and southwest. Yeah, I'd really Newcastle. have to double check that. I do remember thinking they haven't they haven't made it north of Hadrian's Wall yet. Uh, that is the that is the only one. I need to need to get up here into Maybe the uh, the chilly chilly very very far north. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that um, yeah that all sounds great. So um, thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. It was uh, really great to hear about how you've got into code and always nice to speak with another career change as well because yeah. um, nice to have a previous life before before the code. So uh, that that's awesome. Cool. Thanks very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, my, my pleasure. And um, yeah, uh, thanks much as well to you, listener, uh, for checking out The Code of Career. Uh, there's new podcasts every Monday morning, assuming there's no issues with me uploading, which that often is. Um, but check us out on, obviously, all major pl- uh, podcast platforms, YouTube, and also stay tuned for a very exciting announcement in uh, December slash the new year. It depends how quickly I can code. Uh, so uh, hold on to your hats. It could be quite exciting um, slash maybe not that exciting. Uh, again, depending on how cool it is what I code. Um, so <laughs> on that note, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next Monday. Have a great week.